Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right. Good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you guys. This week, we're going to dive into week three in Paper Walls, where we're learning to move beyond excuses that hold us back. So here's how we're going to begin this week. Here's one of the most destructive things that all of us do. See if you agree with this statement. We lie to ourselves, okay? Now, we're pretty good at being able to catch other people in lies, but for many of us, we're not so good at catching ourselves in lies. And what I mean by that is not necessarily lying to others, but lying to ourselves, Now, I know immediately some of you are probably pushing back saying, Will, I don't lie to myself. Are you kidding? I know some probably some of these people around here probably do, but I don't do that. Really? Maybe you just did, all right? Um, Maybe you just did, and maybe you don't even know you're doing it because you're so good at it, and so am I. We're so good at it, and we all are kind of susceptible to doing this at times, and the Apostle John, he nails this when he's talking about this. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, he nails this issue. He says in verse 8, he says, if we say we have not, let's say the highlighted word together, have not sinned, now think about this for a second. All sin begins with a lie, a deception, All the way back, if we rewind the tape of times, all the way back, Genesis chapter 3, the fall of mankind, the original sin, Adam and Eve in the garden, the devil comes as a serpent, and what does he say? Did God really say it was a deception? Anytime we believe a deception and we act on it as if it were true, it leads to sin. And there are times where we sin and we say, well, I'm justified, I'm a grown man, grown woman, I know what I'm doing, the consequences are with me, blah, 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 we got lots of excuses, but all to say, sin begins with a deception every time. That's how it begins. That's the essence of what it is. He goes on to say, John says, if we say we have not sinned, we are, what are we doing? We are fooling ourselves. Like, you are just fooling yourself if you think you haven't been susceptible to a deception, a lie. You haven't bought into it, and you acted on it like it was true. And the truth isn't in our hearts. Now, he's saying something fundamental about our hearts, about our desires, that we don't fundamentally, if we're given into deception and sin, we don't want the truth. We would rather have deception. We would, let, we would rather hang on to that. We would let that guide our life instead. Now, why? Why would we do that? Like, in other words, how do we let ourselves get away with this, holding on to deceptions and lies? How do we let ourselves get away? Well, here's the answer to that. We don't call lies that we tell ourselves lies. No, 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 no. We have something far more dignified, something that's really respectable and more reasonable to call it. We call it reasons. <laughs> Here's the reasons why 
I do what I do, even though I know I shouldn't do what I do, or here's the reasons why I don't do what I should do. Here's the reasons. It sounds a lot more reasonable when we say it that way. So we come up with reasons to justify what we do. We justify our procrastination and our lack of willingness to do what we know we should. When somebody says, why were you late? Why were you late this morning? Well, you know, the traffic. The traffic's not, I mean, it's, it's terrible. We can all agree. Traffic's not, it's like, yeah, man, it's, it's tough. But in actuality, maybe the reason was you got up late and then you peddled around on, you know, Facebook or Instagram or, you know, Twitter, now X, right? You, were, you just like spending some time and that's the real, but um, I think I'll go with traffic, right? Who wants to say that? Who wants to tell the truth? No. And you probably have good reasons why the last time that you blew up, lost your temper, said things you shouldn't have said. You got a reason for that. You, you, you got a reason for why you don't eat better. So do I. And my reason is six Girl Scout cookies is way better than one. I'm just, if you don't agree with that, you haven't tried them. They're just, you've tried the wrong one. You need to keep trying. So anyway, no, just kidding. But this is what we say when we are defending ourselves to other people. We say, the reason I, the reason I do what I do, and you think, we have a reason. We have a reason. There's a reason why we do it. There's a reason why I don't do what I should do. Now, it may not be an actual reason, now, I want you to put your thinking caps on for just a minute and think about this, what I'm about to tell you, because this is so critical for you to begin to understand this. Why we do this, why we make these reasons, the reasons, the actual reasons why we do what we do when we shouldn't do it and why we don't do what we, we ought to do when we should, right? The real reasons may be a secret even to you. Now, now, follow me on this. It's a secret that you're keeping from yourself. That you're, 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 and here's why you're doing it. You're keeping the secret from yourself from having to face something about yourself that you don't want to face. To deal with something down inside of you that honestly makes you feel so uncomfortable, so, ugh, you want to climb out of your skin, like you don't like this about you, and if anybody ever brings it up, you want to end the conversation, walk away, you don't want to talk about it. And I know this sounds crazy that we would lie to ourselves and deceive ourselves to keep ourselves from having to face things about ourselves, but we do this. If you think about it, every person does this. We're all susceptible to this. There are things about us we don't want to face. And instead of facing it, here's what we do. We all manufacture excuses so that we don't have to face the thing in us, right? And these excuses are much like a paper wall. From far away, they look legit. They look reasonable. They look real. They look impenetrable. But when you get up close to excuses or paper walls, you go, that's not a real paper wall. That's not a real excuse. That's just a, I mean, that's not a real reason. It's a flimsy excuse. It's really easy to poke holes in it, right? And maybe you've done this for some friends of yours, a spouse, somebody that you love. You say, hey, I know you keep using that excuse, but this is really flimsy, right? And I, just so you know, all of us who love you, we kind of see right through this. Like, it, it is not a very good excuse. I know you're probably going to hang on to it for a while, but you just need to know it's flimsy. It's not real. 
And over time, these excuses tend to come out in conversation as becauses. Well, why don't you do? Why haven't you done what you're supposed to do? Why haven't you done the thing you said you want to do? Well, because, you know, I've got my reasons. Well, because. Why don't you quit? Well, because. Why don't you forgive them? Well, because. Why don't you guys talk anymore? Well, because. Let me tell you the story. I mean, because, I mean they could pick up the phone too, right? Because, because, because we have these reasons why we don't do what we should do and why we have quit doing the thing we ought to do. And we, we, we tend to do this over and over. But, here's a question I want you to consider. But, is it possible that you're missing out on, uh, pardon me, you're missing out because you have walled yourself in with excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. And there are other people maybe have tried to plead with you. Why are you, why are you doing this? Why are you, why don't you just give up? Why are you not willing to take a step? Why aren't you willing to try? Why did you stop trying? Why do you keep procrastinating? Why? You've walled yourself in, and you've walled yourself out. Maybe in a relationship, you, if you could be brutally honest, in your marriage, you haven't taken a step forward in a long time. And why is that? Excuses. There's a reason why there's certain opportunities you just do not seize. You don't go after them. You don't show up. You don't associate with those kinds of people. You don't do that. Why? Excuses. I got my reason because, because, because. But is it possible that your quote-unquote reasons, your becauses are just excuses? You're just excuses. They've been constructed to rationalize certain behaviors, certain procrastinations, and they were constructed out of things that people said to you that were false. They, they, the labels that you were given, expectations that were totally wrong about you, but you so believed them and downloaded them, now you use them as a justification for certain behaviors or a lack of behavior, and it is a paper wall that's walling you in. And it could it be that those reasons, those paper walls, aren't really reasons? Could it be that something else is controlling your life, your excuses, in time, without you even realizing it, can become a K-I-N-G, where it's calling the shots, and it is dictating to you like an evil tyrant what you can and can't do, where you will and won't go, who you're going to be friends with, what you're going to try in this life, oh, no, you're not smart enough for that. You should never even try, right? This is what happens with excuses. They start to wall us in. And we will excuse, excuse, we excuse. I've seen people do it. Excuse their marriage away. Excuse their walk with God away. Excuse their relationship with their kids away. Their relationship with a family member, their, their parents. Excuse away everything that God wants to do in their, their, their spiritual life, their faith because they're going back and letting this dictate what they can and can't do. Now here is why we're talking about this at church, and here is why this is so critically important to your heavenly Father, because there is a relationship, an inextricable, there is an inseparable relationship between your ability to follow Jesus and your willingness to punch through a paper wall. You've got to be willing to do this. 
In 2024, for some of you, the greatest spiritual breakthrough of your life is going to require you. Like, you cannot follow Jesus and not do this. you got to punch through some paper walls, some excuses that you've been using maybe for years. And everybody in your life so tired of hearing it, they don't even, fight, they don't even argue with you. I'm like, all right, okay, that's fine. That's, that's what you're going to go with? All right. And they don't even push back on it anymore. You wore them down with your paper walls. But today's the day that maybe you need to say, okay, maybe, just maybe, Jesus is calling me to live beyond my paper walls. To put it another way, you cannot follow King Excuse and King Jesus. To quote Jesus, you can't serve two masters. Now, Jesus was talking about money when he said that, but it's just as true about excuses and Jesus. One gives life, the other one sucks life. (laughs) It drains it, it erodes it out from under you. And in the Gospels, these first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, authored by these men that were followers, knew Jesus, they were eyewitnesses of what took place They wrote it down. But in these Gospels, Jesus, over and over, he consistently leading people out of darkness, which was a metaphor for lies and deception, and he's leading them into the light, the truth. Out of lies and deception and into truth. Out of darkness and into light. I want you to keep that in your mind as we go through what we're gonna be looking at today in John chapter eight. Jesus is gonna use this metaphor a lot. And you need to know what he's talking about here. But essentially what he's going to teach us today is that the truth will set you what? Free. The truth. The truth. The truth isn't always fun to face about ourselves, about our current situation, about our marriage, about our kids, or about our relationship with our kids, or with our finances, with our faith in God, and where we're going to take a step forward. But he's going to call us to take a big, bold step forward. So we're going to start with verse 12, chapter 8 of the Gospel of John, and Jesus makes this audacious claim, maybe one of the most audacious claims that a person could ever make. He says this, I am the light of the world. I am the truth of everything and everyone. What? Wow. Now, I know for some of you, you may say, okay, Pastor Will, that sounds great, that sounds like good, you know, pastor uh, passage, you know, like that's, that's something a pastor should say. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> I'm not sure I really believe all this stuff about Jesus just yet. Okay, I understand. But just go with me on this. What if it were true? What if it were true that Jesus came to light up not just the darkness, the lies and deceptions, but more personally and specifically to your life, he came to light up your excuses that are keeping you from becoming who he created you to be. He knows you can be, and that he is calling you to be. He came to light up all those excuses. And instead of living bogged down in excuses, you you tell yourself over and over and over, you can be free of that, but you gotta listen to him. You have to follow, you have to trust him. Jesus goes on to say, I'm the light of the world. Whoever, he throws the door way open wide right here. Whoever, whoever, whoever what? Whoever follows me, that comes close to me, 
that becomes like me, that does what Jesus does. This is so important that Jesus, is, he always preached for life transformation, not just information. It's not just knowledge to know, it is truth to live, okay? This is so important. This is why people, and this may be true of you, can live your adult Christian life frustrated. Well, Will, I've been in and out of Bible studies and churches, and I listen to pastors, and I listen to worship music over and over. I'm like, I'm reading books, and I've got so much information coming in. This is why information alone cannot transform you. It is only when you take it, put it into practice, when you apply it, that's when it changes your life. And almost always, ladies and gentlemen, God is going to, Jesus is going to lead us right into and through our paper walls with his truth. He's gonna light up stuff you're going, oh, we gotta deal with that, okay, wow. In other words, Jesus is saying, I don't really want more admirers, right? I don't want people to say, oh, Jesus is just so wise, he's amazing, he's like one of the smartest people to ever live. Well, all that's true. But if it does not change your life, admirers alone won't change the world. Admirers alone won't, just admiring Jesus won't change your life. Applying, following, that changes your life. You come to know him by experience. It's not just information to know. It's so much more powerful. Then he says this. So whoever follows me will never walk in Darkness, and what does that represent? Lies and deception, right? We'll never walk in darkness, but we'll have the light, the truth of life. The, the, like what life is actually all about. The thing that every man and woman, every thinking person who has ever lived has struggled and just like gut-wrenchingly struggled over this issue of like, what is the purpose and meaning? Why am I here? What are we supposed to be doing? Jesus is saying, I'm showing you the path. I'm showing you where to go. I'm showing you what, what to do. You, you must come and follow me. And this is his desire. I want to light up all those dark places, all those deceptions, all those excuses that you've been using to keep you from following me. I'm going to lead you right through the paper wall that's been holding you back. But you need to understand this pathway that goes through the paper wall is the only, let me say it again, the only path to freedom according to Jesus. Later in the conversation, we're gonna fast forward to verse 31 now. Jesus goes on to say, he says, if you hold to my teaching, if you remain in it, you stay in it, you embrace it, you apply it, you put it into practice, right? If you hold to my teaching, he goes on to say, you are really my disciple. Like you're really, like there's some false ones out there that claim and they're like, it's all information, no transformation. They're not actually doing it, but you're really my disciple if you put it into practice. You hold on to it, you apply it, you put it into practice. Then, like this is a critical moment, then you will know the truth in other words, you'll learn to recognize it, you will learn to love it, you will learn to put it into practice, you're gonna, you'll quit resisting, you'll quit hanging on to deception, and you'll quit hanging on to your paper walls, and you'll take a step forward, and guess what's gonna happen? And the truth, what's the truth gonna do? The truth will, the truth will set you free. This is what your, your soul longs for, your heart longs for, is to be free, to be really free. It is the only path to freedom according to the Son of God. 
Jesus says, you'll begin to see you finally for the first time the way God sees you. You're going to have, it'll illuminate what God sees. You'll stop being all these imposed limitations, all these imposed uh, excuses you put on yourself and your relationships and your faith, your kids, your whatever, your future. And Jesus will say, finally, you'll begin to let me light up what's possible. And just like the angel told Mary, with, with, with humans, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. There's this powerful realm that opens up when you begin to trust the truth of Jesus. You see your walls for what they are. They're not really walls. They're flimsy excuses. And you go, I'm not going to let that dictate my life anymore. I'm not going let, to let that call the shots. And now, what's interesting is this word right here sets you free, really went all over his Jewish audience. They got really offended by this. And let me show you, what here, this was their response. Like, how dare you? Who do you think you're talking to, Jesus? They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. You know who we are? Like, we're, we're not just anybody. Like, we're God's chosen people and have never been slaves of anybody. How can you say that we shall be set free? And I'm sure Jesus' face probably got scrunched up and like, what are you people saying? Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, right now, while they're saying this, as Jewish people, they are under the thumb of Roman rule, under a Roman governor who is oppressive, who is squeezing the life out of them, taxing them crazy amounts that is requiring of them stuff that is making life just near impossible. And before the Romans, it was the Seleucids and then the Persians and the Assyrians and the Babylonians and oh yeah, don't forget about the Egyptians of the Old Testament, right? They were slaves. He's like, never slaves. Do you people even know your history? Have you even been paying attention? Do you even know where you come from? And, and what's interesting, and Jesus even says this at times, have you read the Bible? Have you read the scriptures? Which would have been a huge put down and insult to them. But back in Deuteronomy, which the Hebrew scriptures, what we would call the Old Testament today, was their Bible back then. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 15, verse 15, the, uh, Moses um, under the inspiration of God, tells the Israelites, I want you to go easy on and be gentle and kind to your slaves. Why? Here's why. Because you were once slaves. Don't forget. You were slaves in Egypt. You were slaves. You were once slaves. You've been slaves to a lot of different people. You need to remind yourself of where you have come. Now, I share all that with you to say that just like these first century Jewish audience members we have an enormous capacity for self-deception, all right? It's real easy for, if somebody comes to you and implies, hey, I think you've been a, a slave to your excuses, that you're imprisoned to your paper walls, you think, not me. I've never been a slave to anybody or anything, anything. I mean, come on, man, who do you think you're talking to here? Really? Consider this. Jesus would say, he said this in the very next verse, verse 34, he says, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins, which is everybody, right? Everybody has fallen into deception, is a slave to sin. It's a slave. It calls the shots. 
It now becomes an excuse for a behavior that you can't seem to break out of the cycle. You ever know anybody like that? You ever had a familiar sin? You find yourself falling back into it over and over and over? You ever had, you've done something and you shouldn't have? And you knew you shouldn't have. When you were doing it, you knew it wasn't a good idea. And after you got through, you think, I knew better. Even though we've sort of, our culture tells us, oh, no, 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 you should never apologize for anything in your story because that's like makes you who you are. And you're like, instead of saying, no, 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 that was boneheaded and a dumb idea and I should have never done it. We need to call it what it is. Shed some light on it. Like, that's the truth. Like, I hurt people. I hurt me. I shouldn't, I wish I could redo it. It damaged my relationship with my kids. It damaged my marriage. It damaged my relationship with my friends. It damaged my relationship with my family. It damaged my future my reputation, my walk with God. It damaged things. I can't believe I did that. Now, now here's the question I think Jesus would follow up with. He says, okay, 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 think about this. Who made you do that? Who made you do that? What took over the wheel of your life and caused that decision to, come, to, to, to become the one you went with? You've never been a slave? Really? <laughs> Are you sure about that? You've never been deceived into believing that you that, that you really are free? Jesus would say, listen, I want you to understand. You need freedom, and you crave it, and you may fool yourself into thinking you already got it, but let me show you the only way to the freedom. Verse 36, he says this. So if the Son sets you free, right, of sin... That's the thing that binds us. That's the thing that holds us as prisoners to excuses, right? So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Free completely. Free without any tethers, without any shackles, without any bars. With the, the door is swung open. You're free to leave, Jesus says. Has no more power over you. You'll be free to name your excuses for what they are because the light will light them up and you'll say, no more am I going to let that excuse dictate what I'm going to do. I am sick of being a slave. I want to be free indeed. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. You're free to move forward with God's call on your life, called to live the way he called you to live. And, and, and In other words, Jesus is saying, okay, so you're ready to follow me? Because here's what's going to happen. For you to follow me, here's where the path leads. It leads right through the middle of one of your paper walls. You've got to be willing to say, okay, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Here we go. Oh, my gosh, there's a whole other life back here. There's a whole realm of opportunity I didn't even know existed back here beyond your excuses. And we all make them, don't we? Here's the reason why I don't serve. Here's the reason I don't give. Here's the reason why I don't get in a small group. Why I don't lead a small group. Been in one for years and years. I, you could lead one. You know, here's, why, here's why I don't surrender to Jesus. Here's why I don't. I got, you know, because, because, because. But the bottom line is, it's excuses. It's a flimsy paper wall. Here's a question I want you to think about. Would you confess today, confess your paper wall to him and follow him through them? That you'd be willing to take a step? This is bold. This, is, this could be scary. If you've ever been in a dark room and somebody turned on the light for a minute, you're like, whoa, that's strong. That's like, whoo, kind of blinding. And that's what it's like when he lights up an area of your life that's been dark for a long time. 
And you've been living under deception. You've been living under an excuse. What paper wall is standing in your way to following Jesus? Think about that. Identify it right now. Don't live as a slave another day to your excuses. Why? Because they are hurting you and they are hurting other people. And I'll prove it to you. Has anyone ever hurt you? I bet it was because of a, a behavior and for many people, they hurt you and then they tried to excuse it. And you know they, they try to excuse it because they don't ever apologize for it. They never own it. They never say, I did that, I said that, I treated you this way and I should not have. Please forgive me. I own that. That was a paper wall. It was something I was believing that was just false. It was wrong. And I'm not, living, I'm not gonna live as a slave to that any longer. And what's crazy is that people rarely do that, but everyone else can see the lie they're living under, right? You, everybody in the family sees it. They know it, especially God. Don't be that person. Don't be that man or woman. So I've just sort of squandered my life. I excused my life. I excused my marriage. I've seen people do this. I excused my faith away. I excused my relationship with my kids away. I excused my relationship with my parents, my siblings. Uh, you know, they can call me. We'll, we'll figure it out someday. I, I'm not going to, I'm not taking any steps. I'm not, I'm like, I got my reasons. I got my becauses. Really? Are you going to live like, you're going to live as a, as a slave? You're going to let King Excuse run the show for another week, another month, another year? Going back to our verse that we began with, 1 John 1.8, if we say that we have not sinned, then uh, succumb to lies and deception, we are fooling ourselves and the truth isn't in our hearts. We've latched onto something else. It's not the truth. It's a lie. It's a deception that we're telling ourselves. So here's what I want to ask you to do. Ask Jesus to reveal to you where you are living as a slave right now. And I want you to confess it to him. In just a minute, we're going we're gonna to pray together. But in the prayer, would you just be so bold to say, God, I see it. I've been living behind a paper wall. I've been living behind a lie. Uh, it's a flimsy excuse. I confess it to you. It's not the truth. It's not the truth. Ask him to forgive you and turn and follow him, and he's going to lead you right through the middle of that to take a step through it. And here is his promise to you. It's the very next verse, verse 9. But if we confess, like John says, the ball is in your court, right here, right now, in this room. The ball is in your court. If we confess, we're willing to be honest, our sins to God, where we're being deceived, he can always be trusted to what? To forgive us. Isn't that beautiful? Not, not some general forgiveness for America, right? It's for us. That's where we need it. We need it right here, right personally. He's trusted to be trusted to forgive us and take our sins, what? Away. You're cleansed from all unrighteousness. I think that's the NIV. You're cleansed. You're clean. You will be free indeed, Jesus says. You'll be free. No longer slaves to your sin. You will be free. The thing that your heart longs for. Maybe just quietly right where you sit, say, I want to be free. God, please help me to take a step to freedom. 
The step to freedom goes right through here, right through the middle of your paper wall. Here's the application prayer. I'm asking you to play with me. Now, again, it's not about just information. It's application. It's us taking the information. The information is indispensable. We need it. We got to have knowledge, but we can't just leave it knowledge. It's got to become applied. It's got to become a part of us. We got to put it into action, right? And as uh, John, uh, pardon me, uh, Matthew 7, he talks about putting it into practice, to practice the truth, to let the light shine Jesus, I don't want to live another day as a slave to the sin of self-deception. We're all prone to it, all of us. I don't care how many degrees you have, how intelligent you are, how brilliant you are, how much money you make, we're all prone to self-deception. I confess my sin and turn to you to follow you as your disciple. I choose that word on purpose. It is a follower, a pupil, a learner. This is what Jesus calls us to be. Not just adhere to a set of beliefs, but to let it change the way we live. That's what he's called us to. Follow him. Come to know him. Become like him. Do as he does. Thank you for setting me free. Because this is the only path to freedom. If you would, let's bow together in prayer, asking God, to reveal to us what needs to change, what needs to be confessed right now. And we'll keep this prayer up. You can refer back to it. Would you just right where you sit, heads bowed, eyes closed, let's just have this moment before God right now. Jesus, I don't want to live another day as a slave to the sin of self-deception. In other words, right now, Jesus, all across this room, balcony, floor, online, Show us where we've been living under the lie. We have been lying to ourselves in order to keep from confronting ourselves about the truth about ourselves. As crazy as that sounds, we all do it. Would you be willing right now just to say, Jesus, show me where I'm using excuses not to step forward with you? Show me where I have been falling back on some very flimsy paper wall excuses. I confess them to you right now. Would you just tell him, God, right now I confess the paper walls that I have made in my relationships, maybe in your marriage if you're married. Here's paper walls that I've been making why I can't be generous. I I can't be I can't put you first in my finances. Here's paper walls why I don't serve. Paper walls why I don't connect in a small group. Here's paper walls why I have stalled out in my faith. Paper wall, paper wall, paper wall. God, help us to begin to break through, punch through. God, today, would you just tell him, God, show me. You point it out and I'm punching through it with you. Help me to take a step into that. Start to do what I have been afraid, hadn't had the courage to do, maybe for a long time. Give me the courage to take that next step. Begin to let your word be a regular part of the application of my life. If right now, all across this room, you're saying, God, point out the paper wall. I'm confessing it to you so that you can help me punch through it. Would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you right now. I'm asking God to help me to punch through a paper wall. God bless you. Hands all over the floor, the balcony, 
praise the Lord. God, thank you for all the open hearts to you right now. I pray you would give us the courage, the faith to say, yes, God, I'm stepping forward. I'm not letting this king excuse call the shots anymore. I'm not its slave. I'm not its servant. I'm yours. And you call me to be free in you. Yes, Jesus. Yes to your freedom. Yes to the next step. Yes. Would you tell him yes? Yes. Yes. You may lower your hands. And God, right now, for all those who can hear my voice online in the room right now, they would honestly say, I have been living kind of a sham. I'm not a disciple of Jesus. I'm not really following. I haven't really been taking what he said seriously. But I want to. I want to begin that relationship right now. I want to begin to follow him. I want to be a child of God, adopted into his family. I want to invite you to do that right now. And you just pray this prayer right where you sit. Would you just say, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life right now. I'm giving you full access to all my life, all my paper walls. Just start poking holes in them. Show me where they are, God. Help me to replace the deception with your truth. I want you to come into my life and would you forgive me of all my sin everywhere I have said yes to deception and lies. Forgive me of all my sin and be the Lord of my life. Would you just tell him that? Jesus, forgive me of my sin and be the Lord of my life. If you just prayed that for the very first time, becoming a disciple of Jesus, would you just lift your hand, indicate it online, tell us that you're giving your life to Christ. Anybody here? God bless you, ma'am. I see you right here on the left. Anybody right here in the center section? Anybody here? Right back over here. I see you, sir. Your hand up. Anybody in the, in the uh, balcony area? Giving your life to Christ for the very first time. God bless you, sweetie. I see you right there. Thank you. Anybody else? giving your life to Jesus right back over here. Thank you. Here. Father, thank you so much for your love today. Thank you for transforming our lives. May we trust you with that next step. Whatever that looks like, no matter how scary, how uncomfortable, when you start lighting up the darkness, help us to say yes, not back away and say no. Trust you, God. Help us to trust you. I pray all this in the incredible name of Jesus and everybody said Amen. For all of you who gave your life to Christ today, please share that with somebody. They'll celebrate with you. Go by our Welcome Center. We have a special gift for you. God bless you guys. We'll see you back next week as we complete Paper Walls. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.